and welcome back to another episode of Imagine Publicity on Air on the Inside Lens Network. Um, we we host a lot of different broadcasts here on the Inside Lens Network. This one, of course, Imagine Publicity on Air. We also host um, Crime Wire, the Transparency Project, Shattered Lives, Writers Tips. So we we have a wide variety of shows to to meet everyone's needs, and we've been around a long time. Inside Lens has been here, well, 700 episodes. So that just goes to show you there's there's something for everybody. So I hope you'll search us out on iTunes and other places where you may be getting your podcasts and join us for everything that we have to offer. It's a, it's a great network to work with. Um, today, I'm very excited, very, very excited to have Joseph McGee with me. He is going to talk to us about his latest book, The White House is Fake. And it's a fictional story with a lot of unexpected plots and twists. And you'll you'll be doubting what you think you know about this. So I'm not going to waste too much time jibber-jabbering. I'm going to bring Joe on right now. How are you, Joe? I'm well, Delilah. Thanks for having me on the show. You bet. And and before we get too far into the discussion, I would like listeners who are, who are here right here and now to know where can they get your books? Yeah, that's a great question. So my book, The White House is Fake, can be found on Amazon.com, Amazon UK. You can find links on my website, www.thewhitehouseisfake.com. If you're in Connecticut, where I'm based, you actually can find it locally in Kent, Connecticut at the House of Books independent bookstore you can walk in and grab a copy great well i hope i hope everybody runs out and and gets a copy of all of the books that you've got available well it was the year 1956 with president dwight eisenhower signing the bill for the federal aid highway act into law it was also known as the national interstate and defense highway act the law was executed on June 29, 1956, with an estimate of over $25 billion for the 41,000 miles of highway to be built. In 1957, Dwight Eisenhower modified the act to include a Presidential Protection Act. In 1992, Nelson Conrad was coming back from a fishing trip in Alexandria, Virginia. He walked by a Department of Transportation truck parked on the side of the road. What caught his eye was a DOT worker whirling his finger in the air, and he decided to run into the woods and become invisible as he blended in with the tree line. As he watched, he saw high-level military men come out of a passageway under the highway. This was the beginning of something much larger. See how Nelson discovered what the Presidential Protection Act was and how the government has been lying to the American people. Learn why the DOT was involved in this secret since 1957. It wasn't until 2016 until this truth was to be exposed. This is the story of Nelson Conrad and the White House is fake. Take it from there, Joe. How did this all come about? You know, Goliath, that's a great question. And believe it or not, I had no intention of writing a fiction book. My first book actually happened to be nonfiction. And I was driving on the highway on Interstate I-84 in Connecticut, 
And an idea went off on my head as I was driving, looking around. I'm a very visual person, so I look around. I look at things that may not be obvious to the common eye. And a light bulb went off, and I decided I had a story in my head pretty much start, beginning, and end, and I actually formed the book. And that's how it came about, The White House is Faith. Have you always been a writer, or, or is this a new career for you? No, that's a great question. So, I think we've, I think we've hit one of those glitches in the road here. Um, sounds like Joe has lost connection with us, but um, I want to go on to say this: this is a historical novel. It's it is historical fiction based on on some truths, which. I don't know if you're a fan of historical fiction, then you you know that there are so many things that that have gone on in our history, whether it's our country or whether the people who run it. Um, there's always something to to bring back that interest, and I, I'm going to let Joe go ahead and take it from here. Hey, sorry about that. Can you hear me? I don't know. I had a dead spot, I think, here. Yes. I was just so explaining how interesting historical novels are. Yeah, so definitely. I mean, this particular book, um, I had a lot of uh, nonfiction. I had a lot of truth in there. It was in 1956 when Dwight Eisenhower signed the National Federal Aid Highway Act. That's real. I'm tying my fiction around that. And it really all started with my leadership roots. I wrote a leadership book in 2016 said, hey, writing's kind of cool. I'm going to start doing more. And that's where the White House's fake was formed when I was driving down the interstate I-84 in Connecticut, and I just started going for it. I, I wrote the fiction book. So you you basically just put the ideas that came into your head down on paper. Did Was there a lot of research that you had to do to to kind of mix up the fiction with fact? There was research. I'm a very Google-oriented guy. I'm a very, you know, you can find a lot of my answers on on Google. And I really dove into the National Federal Aid Highway Act. People, viewers listening internationally or in the States, obviously they can't see me. But it was very challenging for me because I I was not born in the 50s. I'm a younger guy. I was born in 81, 1981. So this was really, really outside of my comfort zone, but I really went for it. I did some research on the National Federal Aid Highway Act, and I really tied my fiction around that. And when people read the book, they're going to be surprised because the book is not what you think it is. It's going to be an interesting twist that I'm not going to say what it is, but when you read the book, you know what I mean. So this this Presidential Protection Act, this is something that you you intertwined into the book and can you just can you give a brief explanation on what that is and how did how did you come up with it yeah you know what it's it's a sad world we live in i hate to say it like that but there's obviously there's terrorist concerns there's shootings all around the united states and it's a very sad world where i thought to myself giving the fact that terrorists who live among us obviously they know where the white house is obviously they know where the pentagon is obviously they know where Langley is, where CIA headquarters is. These are known buildings that are, they're on Google. People, they know, obviously they're, they're heavily guarded, but the Presidential Protection Act came about, well, it shouldn't be like that. These folks really need to be protected. And the Presidential Protection Act is just as what I just mentioned, is 
it's a way to protect the real people, the real players. Everything else we know out there, the CIA, the White House, all of it's fake. I'll leave it at that. Is The Presidential Protection Act was started to really protect the people, the real people, the real players. And every cabinet after Dwight Eisenhower did the Presidential Protection Act for that reason. I'll, give you, I'll just give a little hint to that. Well, that's quite interesting. Can you can you go into your character, Nelson Conrad? Who who's Nelson Conrad, and and how does he play into all of this? Great question. So Nelson Conrad, he's he's in Alexandria, Virginia, as you mentioned before. He's fresh out of high school. He's got a very curious mind. He's really about finding an adventure. That's kind of the kind of the premise of the book. This character, he's really curious. He he tries to find Bigfoot in the book, so he really he really sees things, but he wants to know more. Just like as you described, he saw the DOT truck parked on the side of the road. So he really watched what was happening. He followed what was happening. Let's just say that he decided. I think we've lost Joe one more time, unfortunately. But I am, I like the fact that there are up-to-date characters in the book in this book and other historical fiction books it's it's quite interesting how an author can take a character and develop that character and go from the past to the present to the future with the same character um and i hope that when joe can Joe can expound on that a little bit on the character of Nelson Conrad. How does he play into the past, present, and future within the book? I'm back, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah. So Nelson Conrad, um, basically, um, how much did you hear before I dropped off? I'm just wondering. Um, Well, you were kind of describing him, you know, personally. So Nelson Conrad, he's right out of high school. He's got a curious mind. He actually, in the book I described, he's one to really wants to find out the truth. So he looks for Bigfoot. He supposedly saw Bigfoot. He really, really wants to find his next adventure. He's the kind of kid he doesn't really want to know what he's going to do in his career. He's really looking for answers. So I think the character Nelson Conrad is a testament to the book is he's finding the adventure. He's really digging for information. When he notices the highway bridge that had a secret meeting with the military, he immediately went to the town hall, and he, he demanded a record. When was this highway bridge modified? Who did it? He stumbled upon a name named James Hutchinson, and he basically saw a phone number in the town hall where he would call, then, and he started asking him questions. That was a big mistake, and you're going to find out what happens with that uh, later in the book. Is there a little bit of Joe McGee and Nelson Conrad? <laughs> you know, a lot of people ask me that. There, There is a, a little bit of a correlation between the two characters. I was always kind of a kind of a kid, you know, in high school. Where I was very interested in conspiracies, very interested in finding the truth, and very interested in really finding stuff out that I, I didn't know, but I, I really wanted to know more information. So there's a little bit of me in that character. So let's go, let's kind of go back to the beginning too. What brought you into writing? I, I know this was not your first career. You, you have a, a leadership um, training business that 
takes you globally where where you write for leadership you know you've written a book about leadership and you also train in the corporate world so what brought you to writing yeah i mean that's a great question so when i travel the world and i speak in you know various locations like prague czech republic london england is i prepare technical information information on leadership i'll write I'll kind of comprise and hand out exercises. And I decided to take that one step further, and I wrote the leadership book called Leadership Lessons Inspired by a Six-Year-Old based on my daughter raising children and raising corporate teams. And the book was quite successful. I got a lot of analogies in the book, a lot of exercises in the book. And I, I really found a passion about writing. My high school teacher in high school named Miss Krantz she really thought I had a very creative mind, and she wanted me to do something with my gift. I never did anything until 2016, but I'm glad I did because I really enjoy writing. I really like character development, really writing stories that really appeal to the modern society. Well, do you have do you have a system like when you come up with an idea like you did for the White House's fake? Do you have a a system how you pull this all together? As a writer? That's a great question. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm kind of an all over the place kind of guy. So there might be something I might want to add to the story, or I might send a note to myself. I might be sending me email notes at three in the morning. I'll just email, my, email myself. Hey, remember to do this or, Hey, remember to do that. And uh, so it's really about notes in my email. I'm kind of have a photographic memory. So a lot of the stuff that I think about is in my head, but as a fail safe, I'll, I'll send myself a quick email note. Um, I don't write in the traditional way, as many do. Uh, what I like to do when I write is, uh, generally speaking, the entire book is in my head already. So I go backwards. I develop the book cover first. Get the book cover out. I promo the book cover before it's out. Then I'll finish the story, wrap it up, edit it, beta readers, and publish. So I'm a little bit different than, than most. Now, Joe, are you with a publisher, or do you have you done this as a self-published book? Uh, that's a great question. The White House is fake is self-published right now. I do have a few offers on the table for traditional publishing. I'm still, you know, reviewing that. There's pros and cons in any of that. Uh, Leadership Lessons Inspired by a Six-Year-Old is self-published. I did get a uh, publishing contract for that. I'm probably going to proceed with that. And that book will probably be rebranded sometime later this year. And then letter. Yeah, I think we've lost Joe one more time. I know that he is also working on a new book called Letters for Annie. There you are. When When is Letters for Annie set to launch? Oh, no, he's not there. Um, well, this the Letters for Annie book is, again, it's another historical uh, novel. And there you are. Can you can you go over a little bit about your your new book coming up, Letters for Annie? Yeah, Letters for Annie, Memories from World War II is we're going to call it historic fiction. It's based on real events. I have about two hundred real letters written by the Lombardo family. There were about three brothers. Three brothers were in the Navy. One was in the Army, and they, they served World War II, various ships, various locations such as uh, Italy. Philippines, South Pacific, and I'm really writing a tale about these brothers, what they endured. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that the main factor, obviously, back then was the war, but there's other factors that may not consider, such as disease, death, uh, weather conditions. So we're 
of that in the book. And that book is going to be out later this year. And where did this idea come from? So John Lombardo, I used to work with him um, at the Hartford Financial Services, and he was a business writer. And he goes, Joe, we're friends. Joe, I have an idea for a book, but I'm not really a writer. Would you mind helping me with it? And I said, John, I'd love to help. He gave me all the letters. We started forming the book earlier this year, and that's kind of how the idea started. Oh, that's really cool. So it's kind of a partnership with, with the actual family. Yes. Oh, that's great. That's great. And that's going to come out later this year. Correct. I'd say no. So we'll be watching for letters for Annie um, later on this year. But the, the White House is fake. Um, again, it's available at Amazon. You can also go to the website, thewhitehouseisfake.com, and you can order from there. Um, I know, Joe, you can probably hear me, but if you're talking, I can't hear you. The, the, this is one of the perks of live radio. You just never know what's going to happen. So we just keep on moving, keep on winging it. And one thing I, I really have to say is that I'm totally, totally impressed with the way that Joe has um, prom- promoted his books you know, for someone who is a new author, they they usually don't want to do, get into it or they don't know how to get into it. And he's just done a tremendous job of, of doing the promotion of these books. Um, you're back. Yay. I'm and back. Yeah, I don't know why I'm just I got going into <laughs> patting you on the back for the way that you've been able to promote these books. I've worked with a lot of authors in the past and in the present. And what I find is, you know, writers want to write. They don't, they don't understand this whole marketing end of, of selling books. And, you know, things have changed so much since the day when a big publishing house like Simon and Schuster or a random house would pick up your book and they'd send you on a, you know, a, a book tour and pay your way. And, and you were treated like a King or a queen. And it, those things don't necessarily happen anymore. So with the changes that have come in the publishing world, authors have had to pick up a lot of the heavy weight to sell books. And I'm, um, Again, I've I've worked with a lot of authors. They either don't have time to do it, they don't want to do it, they don't know how to do it, and that's kind of where I step in for them with social media and managing their social media. But you've just done gone over over the top. (laughs) So I what I want to know. Maybe I can learn something from you. Where did you come up with these ideas to do all all of this and pull it together like this? Can you hear me? Yes. All right. Yeah. So the White House is fake. That came out 10-1. And I pre-released it to the library, the Watertown Library. I gave it to them on September 1. And they made it available to the uh, public first before it was out for sale. So we did a little pre-release there. Well, that's an interesting way to do it. I uh you said obviously there was just one chapter available at the time. At that uh, well, time. no, we re- we released the whole book, the whole, oh, the, the, whole book. the whole book. We gave it to them. We said, Hey, you want a little preview of the book? 
you know, go ahead and check out the book on 9-1, and then it'll be for sale on 10-1. So we got a lot of interesting feedback. Oh, good. What kind of feedback did you get from, I mean, was it, was it uh, something that became very popular quickly? Yeah, absolutely. I gave them about five books, and online I could see all of them being out. So, like, every week or two, three would go out, four would go out. And then I would check in with the library. I would say, you know, what, what are people saying? And really positive feedback about the political thriller. And, you know, a lot of people, because I'm from Watertown, Connecticut, so that's why I did it at the Watertown, Connecticut Library. A lot of people even, they even knew who, they knew who I was. And they are like, oh, I didn't know Joe wrote a book. And, you know, so really connecting with them like that is important. Yes, absolutely. And I'm I'm hoping that authors out there listen up here. This is this is a great tip. <laughs> you're getting it you're getting it straight from uh someone who did it. So where did you go from there? You so you pre-launched it in the library. Got mm-hmm. great feedback. Then you then you yeah. actually launched the book and what did um, you do before or after that? Well, before we launched, you can hear me, right? Yes. Before we launched the book, uh, like I said, the Watertown Library had it on 9-1. We did a short film production on 10-1. I'm sorry. Actually, we did the video trailers on 8-1. We released the book on 9-1. So the video trailers is we reenacted certain chapters of my book, and we filmed it in Weathersfield, Connecticut, under the highway. We had actors. We had a film crew. We filmed at Robertson Airport in Plainville. We filmed at a Watertown Library. Um, we filmed at a real police department, and then we used these videos as promo. And what kind of feedback did you get with those? So when we launched one of the particular videos that we launched in the police department, we got 12,000 views on YouTube, and we've got, I think we got about 20 comments. And a lot of comments were, you know, you know great video, great promotion, you know, I want to find out more. Um, you know, and then we released a trailer version of it. We released each chapter individually and people really ask, where can we get the book? So, I mean, the advertisement's working. It's really being creative and really doing stuff different. I call myself a creative author because I'm not just a traditional author. I'll, I'll do the videos. I'll do the, the different things that a traditional author probably wouldn't do or wouldn't really know how to do. Right. Right. And I, I'm, I was just blown away by the whole the whole thing that you have pulled together. I really was as someone who's who's been in this for a while. And so tell tell everyone out there what the value of social media has been for you. You know, I think the power of social media is great. One more thing that I didn't talk about is I actually have my own song on iTunes and Google Play right now called The White House is Fake. A Bronx, New York rapper wrote it called Easy the Mogul. He's in my video trailer. He plays Nelson Conrad, and he wrote me the original song that ties in with a book called The White House is Fake. So a lot of people that might hear the song, they might want to know more about the book. We're cross-promoting, and we're doing that right now. And things like that are important on social, social media. You've got to cross-promote. People that might listen to his music might not know about the book, or people that might you know, not know about the book might want to listen to his music now. So we're actually cross-promoting. And that's so important. I mean, I I can't stress that enough, even, you know, with the people that I work with and, and, you know, people that I have connected with over social media over the years is the cross promotion is everything, everything. Yeah. So, 
you know, I, I really appreciate you validating that for me because <laughs> I preach to the <laughs> choir sometimes and, and it's good to hear that, yes, what I'm saying is true. Listen up here. <laughs> Absolutely. So where did you take it from there? Um, so you, you've done all of this pre-promotion. You've got, you know, you've got your own song. You've got all the videos and now you've launched the book. So where did you take it from there? After we did the videos, the library, we launched the book on Amazon. And then, you know, from there, I really started going, you know, to uh, book events, uh, you know, kind of locally in town. Um, I was at an event in Watertown, Connecticut, a florist. Um, I did some other events at the New, New England Author Expo recently. Back, uh, back in two months ago, I did that. Uh, so it's just really about getting out there, uh, touring with a book, and really – Networking with people, especially other authors, other platforms, is very important to really get the book out there. And that's kind of what I've been doing now. It's just really getting people excited about the book. On my website, thewhitehouseisfake.com, probably I think 15, 16, maybe 16 book reviews from people who either bought it from me personally or people that I've met, you know, at a book fair or at an event. Right, and that's important as well to have that a, a good website to direct your audience to, to direct you know Correct. people that you're connecting with, so that they have that hub to find all of your information and find the books as well. Um, I just the, my thought just went right out of my head. Boy, I hate when that happens <laughs> when you're getting old. <laughs> so, you know, you you have have been pretty successful in the Connecticut, New England area. Have you seen a lot since it's, you know, out on Amazon and and everything that you've done on social media, what's been your return on that, you know, nationwide? Have you seen a lot of orders coming in from all over or is it pretty local? You know, it's both. I'm seeing a lot of presence in New York, Canada. Um, I got some, some connections in in, um, actually uh, South Africa right now who are really excited about the book. Uh, there's a young authors foundation out there and they're really excited about the book. So I actually sent them copies. They're having an event sometime in July. So I'm trying to make my presence over there. I'm not going there physically, but I donated some books where they can use for the young author foundation for their event in July. Well, that's exciting. I think I'd want to take that trip. (laughs) (laughs) Make make a, make a personal appearance in South Africa with your books. That sounds pretty exciting. Well, you know, as we were talking about earlier, your your book on leadership and, and your career actually with leadership, I, I'm assuming you're still in that, right? I mean, you didn't leave your day job, right? No, not yet. I'm not quite there yet. Um, I My first book came out in 2016, White House is Fake 2017. This book coming out soon. Uh, so, no, I'm still in kind of a leadership capacity room right now. And until mm-hmm. I kind of get out there with all these books, I'd like to do it full time one day. That's my dream. That's my goal. And hopefully one day I will. Oh, that's great. That's I think that's when I speak to authors, that is the dream. That's definitely the dream. But, you know, it's kind of difficult to tell people, wait, wait until you quit your day job. Don't do it real <laughs> quick. <laughs> right. You would right. be sorry. 
so with your, I, I want to talk about the leadership book a little bit. I, I, I have a special sure. interest in that because I think it's quite interesting. What, um, what type of things do you go over? Like, I mean, do you teach a course or, or do you give presentations? How does that come about? Yeah, I do all of this. I'll give you a quick uh, idea of what's in the book. Chapter two of my great tunnel vision is I'll give you a quick story. This is all in the book is my kids and family, they love target stores. We were going to target store one day and I had my daughter with me. My wife had my other two children and I'm looking for a teenage mutant Ninja turtle for my son. We have about 30 of them. So I'm going through the figures looking for the right one. And out of the corner of my eye, I see my daughter behind me and she wheeled me with an aluminum softball bat right in, right in my leg. And she thought it was funny. She said, gotcha. Well, how does that apply to leadership? Sometimes the answers are not always in front of you. They might be to the left of you, they might be to the right of you, or they might be behind you. Simplicity is often overlooked. Think about a cubicle environment. If I have staff in cubicles, and the way they internalize information, one time I was sitting with an individual who had a paper. I asked him about the paper that was hanging up in his cube, what it meant to him. How did he get it? Who wrote it? He wrote it to really better himself, to remember uh, a certain process. I said, well, who else knows about this? He said, nobody. I said, we got to get that information out. So again, to the point of my daughter, sometimes the answers may be right looking at you, right, right in front of you. They might be behind you. They're there. Don't overlook it. Simplicity. And that's kind of some of the stories of, of my lessons at home that I bridge with my team, my corporate teams. Well, that that is quite interesting because I think you're – I, I totally agree with what you said. I think in a in a leadership role so many times and especially in the corporate world, you you know, you have your handbook, you follow the handbook and that's not always the best path no. to take. Because, nope. you know, I, I think with people people are creative. I don't care who you are. You have some kind of creativity going on upstairs in your brain. And the more we celebrate that or the more that we get in tune with that, and I think that's where the disconnect comes is people, in, and especially, again, in corporate, um, the corporate world, aren't tuned into that creative process. They, and if they are, they don't know what to do with it. Absolutely right. So do you do you teach them how to tune into that, or is this something that people do on an individual basis? Um, it can be both. It really depends. Uh, you know, if I'm doing a type of talk or a seminar, it depends on the audience. One of the things that's been successful in my book, Leadership Lessons Inspired by a Six-Year-Old, is something that I coined the LTA principle. The LTA principle in the book is called Learn It, Teach It, Apply It, LTA. And what I recommend to do in a corporate environment, let's say I know my people, right? So let's say I'm in a technical call center. And inside my technical call center, maybe I have someone that's Wireshark training. What Wireshark is, it's a network analysis tool. Well, I'm going to force him to learn it, be the SME, be the subject matter expert, and then teach all of us and then apply it. So I give the employee about a month off phone duties. He'll develop the PowerPoint, work with the current SMEs, develop the PowerPoint, the screenshots, teach the, the new hires, the Wireshark, and then apply it. Physically show me how to use it. And that's called the LTA principle. So we do a lot of that in the training. 
So it's it's kind of a, a co-op where people are cooperating with each other instead of everyone being separated into offices or cubicles to do the job that's written in the handbook. Yeah. Great. That's great. So how how do you apply – I mean, I'm assuming that this is a little bit more on the technical side of writing. And how do you go from – writing something in a technical sense to going into historical fiction? It's a great question. It's a totally different animal. I mean, with nonfiction, it's easy for me because it's really based on my experiences. So I really just got to put together what I want to convey to the audience where historic fiction, it's more or less, I'm, you know, either blending real events with fake events and it can be definitely challenging uh, to do that. But what's interesting about that, your question, is in Letters for Annie, Memories from World War II, a lot of the operation names, they sound like an eight-year-old made them up. And to me, they could be fake names like Operation Mincemeat, um, Operation, uh, let's see, Operation Mincemeat, Operation Encore. These are all real. So I'm actually making fake operations in my book. And you as a reader got to decide whether they're real or not. I have a glossary in the back that will define that. For example, Operation Merchant, Operation Dummy, these are all ones that I'm making up. So it's it's quite challenging to really blend fake with real and really draw the audience in. And that's what I, what I really like doing. I love historical fiction. I really do. And and as we were talking on, you know, before we came on air, um, you know, we have a mutual colleague with Martin Herman and his books are are historical fiction as well and he does a tremendous job of weaving the past the present and into the future actually yep. and so where do you see yourself going with this are you what other books do you have flying around in your head any more well, ideas that's a great question <laughs> I do actually I'm glad you asked that is as you uh, kind of heard earlier on I went from leadership nonfiction I went to fiction, political thriller with the White House is fake, going to Letters for Annie, which is historic fiction. I have another idea that will be coming. I'm actually going to be writing a sci-fi book called Reflections due out in 2019, and that's going to be strictly fiction now. Wonderful. Well, as as we're, we're winding down a little bit, are there um, signed copies of your books available on your website? Um, I did at one point have them on there for a promotion. At this time, I do not have um, them on there now. But I would say I'm going to be scheduling some events soon here in Connecticut, maybe Massachusetts. So if you're interested in any of the books, you can always check back on the website. But my my master website with all my books is uh, jmcgeebooks.com. That's j-m-c-g-e-e-books.com. And in there, you have all access to my books. My events will be on there, so you can kind of see where I am. That will probably be changing next week or two with some book uh, book signing uh, events as well. And how do you how do you go about finding events to to share your books with? Um, and th- you know, most of the events out there I'll look for, like New England Author Expo. They have an event coming up in July. 26, I think is the date. More than likely, I'll be attending that. That's in Danvers, Mass. Um, and then other events, I'll just kind of partner up with local businesses, and I'll just do a book signing, like maybe perhaps at a restaurant or, you know, a toy store or a grocery store, that type of thing. 
Well, and and again, that's a great author tip out there. Listen up, people. You go wherever you can take those books. <laughs> Absolutely. And, well, you know, it's it's funny because so many people that you work with, authors, it's a new breed. It, it really is a new breed. I've worked with some very, very successful authors, and I've worked with some brand new authors as well. And, you know, my advice is always, you know, you hit your backyard first, and that's kind of what you're doing with your local area. You, you go and a, you find all of these places that you can present your book and, and hold a book signing, and that's how those books get sold, basically out of the trunk of your car, right? <laughs> Pretty much. That's how it starts. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 a case of, you know, you can't just write the book, put it up on Amazon and expect something to happen. It's just not going to happen. And I think right. this is where a lot of writers, you know, get very discouraged because they they don't realize what all goes into promoting like we talked about earlier. And um, so I think authors take take note please <laughs> this this guy knows what he's doing um so as we as we wind up here what is there anything else that you would like for our audience to know about the white house's fake i think the title itself is just very intriguing to me especially with the political climate in in our country right now i think uh, you know, I really feel like it, people would gravitate to that just to find out what this is all about. Um, so what do you have upcoming? What what else would you like to say before we go off air? Yeah, what I would say is when you read The White House is Fake, it's going to have some Easter eggs in it. So look out for the Easter eggs, look out for some clothes, um, see if you can find them. Email me, jamie at thewhitehouseisfake.com if you find the Easter eggs. What um, is for Annie? We're going to be filming on a real battleship, the Battleship Massachusetts in Fall River, Mass. We'll be there in July. We'll be filming with real World War II uniforms. That short film will be released probably in November 2018. It'll be premiering at the Strand Theater in Seymour, Connecticut. Come get your tickets. Come see the, come see the film. And, uh, you know, like I said before, follow us at jmcgeebooks.com. Great. So the, the, you're actually doing a full-length film. We're doing it. We're going to call it a short film. It'll probably be runtime might be maybe I say twenty thirty minutes. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, we are. We're That's doing great. a short film based on the chapters of the book Letters for Annie. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic shoot. Wow, that sounds exciting. Well, you have a lot a lot of great things coming up, and I I totally appreciate you coming on air with me today, and I wish you all the big, big success that you to- you so deserve. You've done a, a great job. I think the books are very interesting, and I think readers of, of all ages will be interested in the stories that you're telling with these books, The White House is Fake, Letters for Annie, and anything else you have upcoming. So I encourage everyone to go out there, hunt down these books, hunt down Joe McGee, um, friend him on on Twitter and Facebook and help him cross promote these. I mean, that is so important. Um, So I, again, I thank you so much for being with me today, Joe. And I hope that your next book, when it comes out, you get back in touch. I'd love to have you back. Absolutely. I will be back in touch and we'll come back on and we'll have a lot more to talk about. Great. Great. 
Well, this this concludes another episode, and I hope that, again, everyone finds these books and finds Joe McGee. Remember that name because uh, I think he's going to be around a while. So anyway, stay safe out there, and please, please be kind to each other. Mm-hmm.